BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back to Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. I'm Lauren Elizabeth. And today is very exciting because we have a guest on that I have just been absolutely obsessed with. Like, totally geek out. And I think you guys are going to love him as much as I do because we are going to be looking at mental health a little bit differently this week. I'm going to be bringing on Dr. Daniel Alman, who is an American celebrity doctor who practices as a psychiatrist and brain disorder specialist. He is the director, obviously, of the Alman Clinics. He has five New York Times bestselling books as of 2012 and has built this entire business around SPECT brain imaging for diagnostic purposes. If you are a Justin Bieber fan like I am, you probably saw him in the Justin Bieber documentary because he scanned the brain, he scanned Miley Cyrus's brain, and he is the most popular psychiatrist in America, according to not only the Washington Post, but more importantly, me. And he's just transforming the way mental health is treated. We're also going to talk about his new book that I'm going to start reading this week. It is going to be such a mood booster, you guys. It's called You Happier, The Seven Neuroscience Secrets of Feeling Good Based on Your Brain Type. So he's going to talk to us about these seven neuroscience secrets to becoming more than 30% happier in just 30 days, regardless of age, upbringing, genetics, current situation. He has studied over 200,000 brain scans of people from 155 different countries. He discovered these five primary brain types, these seven neuroscience secrets, and you don't have to be someone that can go into one of the clinics, which you can, because obviously he has all these clinics over the country. And we're just going to talk about brains and brain health and how it actually affects your mood, your mood boosting, everything that we always talk about, just from a totally different doctor's perspective. He is absolutely amazing. I had such a great time getting to chat with him. I think you guys are going to absolutely love our conversation and obviously love his book when it gets to you. But first things first, let's jump into best mood and worst mood of the week. My best mood this week was, weirdly, I had this epiphany where... (laughs) so crazy um the song that goes i don't want to do the work today i don't want to do the work today that's kind of like been my jam for the past like year or so at least and my best mood was the fact that like my brain yes my brain because we're talking all about brains this week it just like shifted for me something just kind of like clicked within the past week and a half where i was like i love what i do i love my job there's so many things i want to do And I was talking to someone on my team and like, this is a little more, I guess, of a career mood because we don't really talk about it that often, but I've been working obviously a very long time. I got burnt out very easily, which is a huge part of like mental health struggles and just kind of this like hustler, toxic positivity culture. And I was totally burnt out. And I was talking to someone on my team and he was just like, listen, like 
everyone, it happens to everyone, but like the way you're speaking right now, like you have not spoken like this in at, at least over a year. And there's just all these airplanes at the airport, like waiting to take off. Like you just have to decide to like put your ass in gear. And it, it like, I came to the conclusion on my, my own. No one's pushed me. No one's been like, oh my God, like you're a piece of shit. Like get your stuff together. That was definitely like kind of going on in my own brain. But yeah, like I just had this like kind of like light switch go off where I felt I was so excited about things that are coming up in the next year related to my career. I want, I felt this like really fired light inside of me that I want to like work my ass off that I feel motivated. And I think as someone that deals with anxiety and depression and burnout and just kind of doing the same thing for a really long time, I started getting in this groove in the past few weeks where I was just kind of like, wait, why do I resent my career? Like, why do I not like what I do? I think I actually like what I do. And I think I want to do more. And so it was this really cool light switch moment of a best mood of just having that fire light inside me and feeling absolutely so motivated. And I also share this for the reason, because I think that it shows and it goes to show that although you can feel burnt out and unhappy, maybe within your career, like all this stuff for a very long time, it can turn around. And also it's not going to turn around until you genuinely feel it with inside yourself. So like, this was something that I genuinely came to the conclusion on my own and like lit the fire inside myself. And like I said, no one was telling me to people obviously support me and like want me to do these things. But when that thing goes off and it will go off with inside of you, if you're feeling down, if you're feeling defeated, if you feel like you don't really know what you're doing, I think it's important to give yourself grace and to give yourself time. And I'm saying this because when you look at actually how much time I gave myself, it was at least a year, which is like a crazy time. If you're actually setting a, I don't know, like a mindful goal of I'm going to take a little spit of a step back, all this stuff, like taking a year to be all in your head, feeling all these things that are like pretty negative is a long time, but it shows you that it's not forever and you will feel good again. You will feel, feel inspired again. You will feel motivated again and it's never too late. And so I think I'm really excited to also just kind of like take you guys on that journey because it's a new one for me and for us because we've been in this like different headspace for so long. And so my best mood was definitely just absolutely feeling motivated, even excited to share that best mood with you guys. Like that's kind of the level of motivational one that we're on. And then my worst mood this week was just to like keep us in check, just to make sure that we are on the same page and we still are who we are, which is just the Mood Booster Health and Wellness Club. I had debilitating anxiety. Um, I started feeling a lot better. I started feeling really good. And I just sometimes things come into your life and they give you anxiety or you're just like not taking care of yourself. And it was a kind of combination of both for me where I just like hadn't dealt with these new moods before and I didn't really know how to handle it, what my schedule was, what I was feeling for the new year, 100%. And anxiety just hit me. And sometimes it just comes out of nowhere. And sometimes it's just, you can kind of like look back in hindsight and be like, oh, this is why that happened. Uh, even though I take care of myself and even though I don't want to have anxiety and I want to be motivated, it still comes and it's okay. And it came on like Sunday last week, it was just a full 24 hours of debilitating anxiety. It was, I did not send a single text message. I did not make a single phone call. I did not look at Instagram. I did not turn on the TV. I laid in bed and I tossed and turned going in and out of sleep because that is one of my coping mechanisms is sleep. Cause it's time traveling. I don't know if you know. 
And it was just absolutely debilitating and it was horrible. And I, I think it's such a worse mood when anxiety affects you physically because, you know, like no one likes being sick, right? Like you don't like feeling sick. You don't like having a cold. Like you don't want to get sick. And sometimes anxiety comes on and takes physical symptoms. And like you essentially feel sick because you're sick to your stomach. Your chest is all messed up. Your body is tingling. Just all those symptoms that just absolutely blow. And there's sometimes no way around it. They just come. Obviously, I'm very grateful. And I think that this podcast shows you guys that that moment for you does not have to be forever a long time. And obviously, it's not gonna be a good time. It was only 24 hours. Was it like literally the most debilitating, horrible, horrendous 24 hours? 100%. But that is short comparatively to different moments in my anxiety career. So we're okay. And you got to take the good with the bad. You got to take the bad with the good. That's why it's so important to reflect on your best mood and your worst mood because you can be proud of yourself for getting over that worst mood and you can learn from it. And then you can reflect on what you're grateful for and actually how amazing you're doing in your best mood. Before we jump into mood boosters, I think it's really important to talk about treating yourself because that also is a mood booster, which is why I want to talk to you guys about Majuri. Majuri makes fine jewelry for every day. They have new limited edition drops every Monday instead of seasonal releases like more traditional retailers. And obviously minus the 10 time markup. Okay. Since the start, Majuri has been committed to the quality of their products and conditions in which they are produced. So they aim to trace all of their pieces from mine to market. And the pieces are handcrafted by expert jewelers, responsibly sourced and made to last. 60% of production partners are world-renowned suppliers that are certified by the Responsible Jewelry Council, and the remaining 40% are family-run businesses that work closely with them on social and environmental practices to create high-quality pieces. So not only are you shopping from an incredible founded and ethos of a company that I literally know and love, I, if you are an OG, you know that Majuri and I go way back, but I'm also just such a big Majuri fan. I buy it, I shop it, I wear it. All the time. I got these new hoops from Majuri for Christmas. They were on my Christmas list. Like it is the real deal. If you need to shop for yourself, if you need to send something to your boyfriend, if you need a gift for your mom, me and my girlfriends always for big birthdays and celebrations, we always go in on a really great Majuri piece together. We usually do that like little diamond necklace and we split it between all of us. And we also have a new tradition where we do um, this ring because it has like six little diamonds on it and there's six of us. And so we decided that when each of us gets married, um, it only makes sense for us to get each other that ring because we are also married forever. Majuri literally has something for everyone. 14 karat solid gold staples that don't wear out or scratch easily because 14 karat is obviously much more durable than 18 karat. You don't have to worry about taking off 14 karat pieces in the shower or working out with them, which is my whole thing with jewelry. If I have to take it off, and all that stuff. It's not worth it to me. So just think no more green fingers or fine jewelry that oxidizes. We are too old for that, ladies. We just really are. But don't worry. They also have sterling silver, freshwater pearls, responsibly sourced diamonds. If you just need help deciding, because I apparently haven't given you enough Majuri advice, that's fine. Live chat with Majuri is stylist one-on-one. Questions you might have like, how do I style this? How can I mix metals? What's my size? They got you. So visit Majuri and use code MOOD for 10% off your first order. That's Majuri.com. Code mood for 10% off your first order. So let's jump into mood boosters because mood boosters, 
My first mood booster this week was actually putting my phone down, getting off my phone because clearly my anxiety didn't want me to be on my phone. It wasn't serving me. It wasn't like boosting my mood at all. We're like, honestly, as toxic and crazy as your phone and social media can be like, sometimes there's mood boosters in there. Like, I'm sorry, it's 2022, but this week there wasn't, there just simply wasn't, there was absolutely nothing I wanted to do on my phone. I was just in such a hole. So putting my phone down, but then actually deciding obviously to do something in real life. Once I was feeling better, I really just like leaned into hanging out with people in real life and just being vulnerable again and being excited again, calling people on the phone once I was getting phone calls later in the week. But having that moment to like put down my phone and just kind of like reflect and take care of myself was actually the mood booster that I needed because scrolling and just distracting myself and not kind of like actually trying to figure out why am I having so much anxiety? How can I get better? That's what I needed to be doing and putting my phone down allowed me to do that. So it was a really big mood booster for me. My next mood booster is kind of like similar in the sense of I got this new alarm clock and I'm really excited to start using it. And I was literally thinking when I was going to bed last night, I was like, should I tell them that it's a mood booster yet? Cause it's so new. It's so fresh. Um, but I wanted to tell you guys, cause maybe we can go on this journey together. And I've wanted this alarm clock for so long. It's called like lofty. This isn't an ad. I wish it was, but I got it for Christmas and I just like hadn't plugged it in yet. And so I finally plugged it in. It's really cool looking. It's sleek. It's like kind of another thing to get you off your phone, right? Because your phone is usually your alarm. And this is just like, it's not like an Amazon Alexa where it has like a screen and all this stuff and all that kind of jazz and social media and updates and everything. This only has like soothing kind of meditative sound bath, nature, ringtones for lack of alarm tones. There you go. And All you can do is like breath work, meditation, and wake up with it. Like that's literally all it's for. And it's just so chic looking. It's so cute. I absolutely love the sounds of it. And I'm just finally really, my mood was boosted that I plugged it in. I picked out all my ringtones. I set my alarm. It like glowed this morning. It was just so peaceful and so amazing because I got really into having a mood booster be like waking up at the same time every day, like getting on a schedule for the past few months. And I was always kind of trying to like figure out a ringtone. I had like Taylor Swift at one point, but then it kind of like ruined the song for me um, because like no one wants to wake up to call it what you want, call it what you want to. And this is just like way more relaxing, wakes you up in a better mood. And like, also I just feel like I'm doing something good of like making the switch like away from something on the iPhone, away from something on Amazon. And this is just like a total, I feel like wellness must have if you're someone in the mood booster health and wellness club. So hundred percent recommend will post on my Instagram at mood with Lauren Elizabeth, obviously. And then my last mood booster has been these CBD sleep gummies from dosist because, Oh my God, sometimes I'm just too motivated and too excited or too anxious or anything like that. That is just not the way to go to sleep. I stayed up till like three o'clock in the morning watching cheer on Netflix, which I do not regret. And I made the conscious decision to do it is literally such a good show. I went down a whole throwback Thursday of my cheerleading career on my Instagram. And none of you knew that I was extremely talented. Um, yes, I know that it's past tense, but like we can still talk about it. So that was rude of you guys. This is me being kidding and sarcastic. You guys, I just really wanted to feel like I was good at something at some point in my life. And it was just a, it was a small four years and we are past it. But I do say that cheer is a mood booster on Netflix. I'm not, I'm not even kidding. You guys know I can find mood boosters in TV and I was watching it and Monica, obviously the head coach was being all like one foot in front of the other, like got to keep going. This is what we do. 
And I was like sitting there watching it, feeling like I was watching a TED talk on like why I need to be more motivated and why I need to get my ass in gear. And it was like literally exactly what I needed. Just like seeing the dedication, seeing like all this stuff. Like I don't, maybe it's because I used to be a cheerleader. I don't know, but it was a total mood booster. And then obviously I messed up my sleep schedule. So that's where the gummy, the CBD gummies come in. I always am trying different ones. I have some from Highline Wellness, but I really like these sleep ones from Dosist because they are, I'm looking at them right now. So they are a 10 to one CBD to CBN ratio formula. So it has like 25 milligrams of CBD, which I think is pretty high and pretty good. And they do like taste yummy. And it's not one of those things where I'm like, oh, I could take another one. Like one is enough. So absolutely love those total mood booster. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. We talk about BetterHelp a lot on this show. And this month we're discussing some of the stigmas around mental health. Many people think therapy is for so-called crazy people, which is just, but therapy doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It means that you recognize that all humans have emotions and we need to learn to control them, not avoid them. It's kind of almost literally what I talked about with putting my phone down, how I didn't want to avoid, I didn't want to distract. And, you know, I, when I'm in that, like one of the most beneficial things for me is to talk through it with my therapist who knows me, who can help me logically understand anxiety and help me get through it. I think that it's not just for those crazy moments though, that are quote unquote crazy because a, none of it is crazy. Like we just said, and you need to break down the stigma of like, maybe you are okay, but you feel pretty good. That doesn't mean you can't talk to someone. You can't grow. You can't get better. You can't understand more about yourself. There's no such thing as being a perfect human being. And there's no such thing as being a crazy person for going to therapy. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. And you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Mood listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash mood. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash mood. Okay, guys, now we are going to get into our current mood combo with Dr. Aman. I am absolutely so excited. I'm just going to let him talk to you guys because he knows way more than I do. You've heard enough from me and you're going to absolutely love him and fall in love with making your brain better and thinking about brain health and neuroscience and all the things that I geek out over and I'm selfishly projecting onto you. Here is Dr. Danielle Alman.
Okay. So like I was just saying before we started recording, I am so excited to have you on the podcast. My podcast and my listeners, obviously we, maybe it's a generational thing, all struggle with anxiety, obviously high stress, depression, stuff like that. And that is something that you are obviously extremely familiar with. But what I'm so excited to talk to you about specifically is your approach to it and, you know, a neuroscience brain scan, totally different way than we usually talk about on the podcast. And so for those who aren't familiar with kind of, you know, what you're known for essentially, because I got introduced to you through more so like the brain scans of it all. Can you tell us a little bit about like your approach to mental health and obviously just what you do in general? Well, thank you so much. It's such a joy to be with you. We need to change the conversation away from mental health and mental illness to brain health. And, you know, when you call somebody mental, you shame them. Mm. No one wants to be called mental. Uh, When you call them a brain, you elevate them. And I've been a psychiatrist nearly 40 years And I hated the term mental illness because it's stigmatizing and Mm. I wouldn't want one. And, um, and nobody really wants to see a psychiatrist because no one wants to be labeled as defective or abnormal, but everybody wants a better brain. So I back up a little bit before I went to medical school, I was an infantry medic uh, in the army. And then I became an x-ray technician and I love that. And our professors used to always say, how do you know unless you look? And then when I went to medical school, um, someone I loved tried to kill herself and I took her to see a wonderful psychiatrist and I fell in love with psychiatry because I realized it has the potential to change generations of people. If you take out someone's appendix, that helps them, but it doesn't really help anybody else. And um, so I fell in love with the only medical specialty that never looks at the organ it treats. And I knew it was wrong. I knew it would change. I just had no idea I'd be part of the change. And when I got the opportunity to look at the brain, uh, we do a study called brain SPECT imaging. SPECT looks at blood flow and activity. It looks at how the brain works. Literally, Lauren, it changed everything. Mm -hmm. I went, and here I am, 37 years old. When I ordered my first scan, I'm a double board certified psychiatrist. That means I'm board certified in general psychiatry, also in child and adolescent psychiatry. I was the top student in neuroscience in medical school. And I didn't care about my own brain because Mm -hmm. I had never seen it. So when I started looking at scans, I scanned myself and I'm like, ew, that's not healthy Uh, because I played football in high school. I had bad habits. I had meningitis twice when I was a young soldier. And I developed this concept called brain envy. Uh, I always say Freud was wrong. Penis envy is not the (laughs) cause of anybody's problem. Um, it's, you need to care more about your brain. And when I scanned my brain and saw it wasn't healthy, I'm like, no, I'm not okay with that. Uh, cause you know, it's, uh, Woody Allen said, it's my second favorite organ. 
Well, for me, it's actually my first favorite organ because if my brain's not right, nothing else in my life is as good as it can be. And what I found was it motivated my patients to have better brains. It actually helped me be a better doctor because most psychiatric diagnoses, so you list anxiety and depression, a lot of people are being diagnosed with ADHD or bipolar disorder. And what I realized is making diagnoses based on symptom clusters with no biological data was insane. So Mm -hmm. I actually belong to a profession, psychiatry, that was clearly like the emperor who had no clothes. Uh, You remember that story? Yeah. And it's like, that's insane. Because depression is a symptom. It shouldn't be a diagnosis. It's Mm -hmm. like chest pain. Chest pain is a symptom cluster, but nobody gets a diagnosis of chest pain because it doesn't tell you what's causing it and it doesn't tell you what to do for it, right? If you gave everybody with chest pain nitroglycerin, the same treatment, You'd help some people, no doubt. And you'd make a whole bunch of other people worse, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, most people would think, well, that's stupid. But yeah, in 2022, we are still making diagnoses like they did in 1840 when Lincoln got depressed by talking to people and looking at them and then drugging them. It's, It's insanity what is happening And not just for psychiatrists, but your nurse practitioner can give you psychiatric drugs. Your OBGYN, your family practice doctor, 88% of psychiatric drugs are prescribed by non-psychiatric physicians and five-minute office visits. And I'm like, we are living in truly an insane time. And the pandemic obviously made everything worse because of the isolation, the fear, the anger, the virus changes your brain in a negative way. Um, And I'm like, no, we can take a more rational approach. And when you actually start looking at the brain, you go, oh, the brain is an organ, like your heart is an organ. Um, I'm in Justin Bieber's docu-series called Seasons. It came out a couple of years ago that I've been his doctor for a long time. And like many um, of my young celebrities, you know, sometimes they do what I say, sometimes they wouldn't. But when he really got sick, he came into my office and he said, I get it. My brain is an organ. Like my heart is an organ. If you told me I had heart problems, I'd do everything you said. And so he ate better, took his supplement. Can you remind me, can you remind me too? Cause I was going to ask you about the Justin Bieber and correct me if I'm wrong. Did Miley, did you do Miley Cyrus brain scan as well? Yeah, I've been Miley's doctor for. So that's because I, it was so funny. Like when I like found your Instagram and stuff too, then it like popped in my head. I was like, is this the same doctor from that documentary and like that interview? So it was all, you know, I, I felt like I was on a spiritual journey to obviously find your work naturally because it's all about me and will you remind me when justin bieber was struggling because obviously it's been a while since i watched that what were what was he struggling with exactly it was mental illness but wasn't it was it also autoimmune stuff and general stuff like that and he came in to see you 
Well, it was labeled as mental illness. He came okay. to me with a diagnosis of bipolar disorder. But when mm -hmm. I looked at his brain, I'm like, no, you don't have bipolar disorder. Something's assaulting your brain. And it turned out he had the chronic effects of Lyme, uh, along mm. with some other things as well, and doing IV therapy and hyperbaric oxygen and really loving his brain. Um, he got so much better. I mean, it's, it's, as you say it too, it's just so almost, it's like a two part of one, just in general, I think that's why I'm always so reluctant when sharing mental health advice to you know, tell people to go to a doctor and stuff, because I, I know how short those visits are. And I've been in those positions where I've been prescribed things. I've been diagnosed with bipolar, undiagnosed with bipolar, been taking medicine that I'm like, why am I taking this? Don't take it anymore. And it's just, it's almost too, just that like quick kind of turnaround in those, it's like a bandaid. It's not actually a solution. And, you know, it's then the other part of it is it's almost scary because when you say dealing with like the Lyme disease, I'm like, I've also been diagnosed with Lyme disease. Then another doctor's like said, I don't have Lyme disease, but then I do have mental health problems. And it's just, it's so crazy that you could literally look at your brain and all of this rambling and confusion that I have going on in my brain that I unfortunately project into a microphone could potentially be solved by just genuinely a SPECT scan. Well, it's the scan so that you have a map. Right. Right. I right. often say a picture is worth a thousand words, but a map is worth a thousand pictures. Quick break to talk to you guys about FightCam. Do you want to make 2022 your best year yet? Because I do. And I'm in the mood to fight. And I'm not kidding. FightCam brings the best workout in the world into your home and makes it fun. You can learn to box and kickbox from your home with access to world-class programming, elite trainers, premium equipment, and smart technology that turns your workout into an interactive experience. I absolutely love boxing. I am absolutely amazing at it. This is the episode where I talk about how nimble and athletic I am, I guess, but I just am really feeling myself. I'm sorry. We're allowed to hype ourselves up. You guys, they have thousands of classes. They add new workouts every single week. So you'll always find something new, but they also have quick workouts. So they maximize efficiency with high intensity interval training. You can get a killer workout in as little as like 20 minutes. And if you're not like me and you have little to no boxing experience, Fight Camp has your back, you guys. They've created programs specifically designed to teach you the basics of boxing and kickboxing so you can build a strong foundation. They provide real-time data during your workouts. So you can track your progress. And it really is full body. So you kind of like bring the best of both cardio and strength training into one. And it gives you this intense full body workout. Like I promise you'll be sore and you will be in the best shape of your life. I'm not kidding. And Good for this episode, you guys, brain fitness. Boxing requires focus. Precise combinations push you to think about every punch you throw. It's like the ultimate way to clear your mind and forget you're working out because like you're almost like playing a game or doing a sport. Like it, it's so much fun, you guys. It's literally one of my New Year's goals is to incorporate boxing back into my life and Fight Camp makes it so easy. Now is the best time to get your Fight Camp. Take advantage of their holiday deal going on right now. If you purchase this month, you'll get an additional pair of gloves for free. Just go to joinfightcamp.com slash mood to get an additional pair of gloves for free. Just go to joinfightcamp.com slash mood. Joinfightcamp.com slash mood. Back to the podcast. A map tells you where you are and then gives you direction on how to get to where you want to go. You still have to go on the journey. 100%. Right? I mean, I could have mapped... Miley's brain. I did. But it took her a couple of years to like go, 
oh, <laughs> I have to love my brain. And, right. and I'm so proud of her. She did NBC's uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, she had Miley's NBC's New Year's Eve. Which party. was a hit. It was, which she was, was a great. hit. And she's acting like a good CEO of, you know, Miley Cyrus Enterprises. And that's my goal for all of my young mm. stars. It's I want you to be a good CEO of your life. You know, plan, make good decisions. Is this good mm. for my brain or bad for it? Will I be a better CEO with a good brain or with a bad brain, right? I mean, obviously, it's with a good brain. And I always think of people in four big circles. It's like, so what's their biology? And the scans really help me with that. What's their psychology? How do they think? And what's their development? Got to get that right. Mental health is a daily practice. What's mm. the social circle they're in their relationships, their money, their work. We're in, still in the middle of a pandemic. Um, and what's the spiritual circle, which is mm -hmm. why do you care? What is your deepest sense of meaning and purpose, right? I mean, you're sharing your journey because that's purposeful. It helps mm -hmm. you, but it helps the people that follow you. And right. so ultimately mental health is those four circles. And so right. you got to get your brain right, your mind right, your relationships right, and your sense of purpose. All of those things contribute to having a happy, healthy life. Still health, But I'm sure, like, you know, even if you don't think you have anxiety, do you still, like, get a brain scan and you see, oh, wait, no, you're actually stressed? Or is there more commonalities just in a sense of, less about, oh, this person's really anxious and stressed and more so seeing the kind of things over their entire lifespan of, okay, you clearly were a football player. Like, what are those other kind of brain health things that aren't just in regards to anxiety, depression, OCD, stuff like that? You know, about 10% of the people who come to see us are great. They just want to have a better brain. They mm. realize with a better brain, I have a better life. And so they're really there for optimization. But I always say normal is a myth. Normal is nothing more than a setting on a dryer or a city in Illinois. Um, <laughs> half the population is probably more now. It's probably 70% of the population at some point in their life will struggle with the mental health challenge. Anxiety disorders are the most common, followed by depression, ADHD, and addictions. And... Uh, so if you're struggling, welcome to normal. It's the mm -hmm. smart person who gets help, not the dumb person, not the weak person, right? Just think of if a business is having trouble and the owner denied they were having trouble, much more likely to go bankrupt. If you deny that you're struggling mm -hmm. with your relationships or your temper or your memory or your focus, um, you're more likely to get bankrupt emotionally, spiritually, um, financially. Yeah, definitely. And I think that I love the destigmatizing just around normal as well, because I don't know, I think being one of the people that has struggled with anxiety and depression and stuff, I, I it is so normal to me. And I, I can't even comprehend how someone, I don't know, I guess, lives their day to day life without any of that stuff. But obviously, I've gotten better and I take 
more care of myself. And I feel that, you know, the brain is something that I was never taught. I was never, you know, I just thought like your brain is like, you're smart and that's it. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't like math, so I don't need to worry about my brain. But that's obviously, (laughs) you know, not true. And especially from following you on Instagram and reading your work, it, you know, I think it's, you're transforming the way mental health is treated. And it's, I'm learning about brain types and all this stuff. And you have this new book coming out called You Happier. And I I first want to talk about before we get into like the neuroscience secrets to becoming happier is, do you find that happy or happier is even almost a taboo or stigmatized or overused word because like, can I be happy every day? You know what I mean? I think that was kind of my first thing of like me happier. Is it happier? Cause it means I don't have to be happy all the time or should I be happy all the time? Like, am I really not going to have anxiety? Well, I don't think anybody's happy all the time, but you can be happier than you are today. And oh, by the way, I think happiness is a moral obligation. It's mm-hmm. one of my favorite parts of the book. I grew up Roman Catholic, and in my family, the idea that happiness is a moral obligation was nowhere to be found. And I had a good child. Uh, I have five sisters and a brother, and that has its own stress. But (laughs) when you grow up in a very religious family, it's about you should do this or should do that. And there, there was not one discussion about happier, even though in the Bible there are 800 glad passages. Um, So why is it a moral obligation? Because of how you impact other people. Ask Mm -hmm. anyone who was raised by an unhappy parent or married to an unhappy spouse or raising an unhappy child, whether or not happiness is a moral issue. And I guarantee you, they will say yes. It's how you impact others. And so people think of it as a selfish endeavor when it's really not. It's about altruism Um, because you're never going to be your best if you're unhappy. That unhappiness Mm -hmm. actually goes with a higher incidence of dementia uh doubles the risk of dementia in women and quadruples the risk in men and so um hedonism is the enemy of happiness so we're not talking about wild orgies and then you're going to be happy we're not talking about alcohol or drug abuse because they'll give you that short term uh boost of pleasure, but it'll actually deaden the happy centers of your brain. Um, And there's so many cool strategies and you happier. But I think if we start with the idea that it's a moral obligation, Mm. then you don't feel bad about going, you know, I can be happier And, and nobody's happy all the time. But we did a 30-day happiness challenge. We had Mm -hmm. 32,000 people sign up for it. And about 1,200 of them completed. They were 30% happier than when they started. And I love that. And with that came better energy, better memory, better sleep, less pain. (coughs) And ultimately, 
you know, it's based on these seven sort of big ideas, but the first one is happiness is a brain function. (laughs) With a healthier brain, you have a happier life. Yeah. I think that's too, you know, kind of why I asked, because I feel like you're obviously going to be very specific with your words and you happier. I'm like, okay, if he's saying the word happy in a sense, it has to hold more weight than someone just with a t-shirt that says be happy. (laughs) And obviously the book is full of so much stuff. What can you tell us kind of about like, you know, obviously I don't want you to give everything away because we're all going to have homework of reading it, but these kind of like seven neuroscience secrets, like, is that stuff that's rooted in things that are more habitual and things that we should be doing in our daily lives? Or does it start kind of with different types of brain types? Like how do, without a brain scan, how do we even know what's going on up there to be able to kind of implement this stuff into our life? So we actually um, have so many resources. You don't have to get a scan to benefit from you happier. Um, And yes, there's seven questions to ask yourself every day. And I'm a huge fan of tiny habits. You know, the smallest thing you can do today that will make the biggest difference. Mm -hmm. And the first secret of happiness is get your brain right and you're going to be happier. And the question to ask yourself every day, is this good for my brain or bad for it? And quite Mm -hmm. honestly, most most second graders know the difference between what's good and bad for their brain. So before you do something, drink something, eat something, ask yourself, good for my brain or bad for it? And if you love yourself, because it's never about should, nobody does things if they should do them. It's about love. How much do you love the most important part of you? And then you, you just start making better decisions. And in the book, I talk about the bright minds risk factors that steal your brain. And mm-hmm. so you'll have a really good idea. Is this good for me or bad for me? I went right. to my daughter's second grade class and I wrote 20 things on the board. And I'm like, separate these for me. What's good for your brain and what's bad for your brain? And they got 19 out of 20 right wow what was the one that got wrong orange juice which they put (laughs) in the good category when in fact it's way too much sugar and it's bad for you um so you know most people know um and in the book i actually start with the lies of happiness like Mm. more money will make me happy only up to seventy five thousand dollars a year and then there's no correlation between happiness and money um, or don't worry, be happy. Like the t-shirt you mentioned, um, that's a big yeah. lie of happiness. You need some anxiety because some anxiety actually right. helps you do the right things. It's why you don't drive down the freeway at 120 miles in the rain <laughs> because you have enough anxiety that you or you know, we had this horrible thing happen here in Orange County where this guy cut a woman off and she flipped him off and then he turned around and shot at her car and ended up killing her six-year-old son i mean it's it's like you know when somebody cuts me off on the freeway i just let them go i like slow down let them go because they're like a lot of crazy people in the world (laughs) and i just on a highway i don't want to have anything to do with them 
right? You want to have enough anxiety, but obviously not too much or you suffer. Um, mm. The idea with Coca-Cola, open happiness, that's totally a lie. It's open illness or <laughs> with McDonald's and Happy Meals. It's like, no, no, those are sad meals when you see what right. they actually do to a child's body. Um, so getting rid of the lies and then getting your brain healthy. And then the second part is know your brain type. And we have a questionnaire mm. to help people know which of the five primary types there are. Ultimately, there are 16 types. But, you know, are you balanced? You know, both, basically anything will make you happy. Are you spontaneous? That's my ADHD group. They need novelty, right? If you're having sex the same way, the same night, every week, you're going to get bored and pretty soon you're going to have a <laughs> So you need to sort of know your brain type. But the persistent brain type, they love that. You know, it's like Tuesday and Sunday and life is good because it's predictable. <laughs> and that yeah. really is based on their brain type. There's the sensitive brain type that have great empathy and crave connection. The pandemic was a disaster for them. And then the mm -hmm. cautious brain type where what makes them happy is something that cool calms things down, whether it's a massage or a warm bath or soothing music or the scent from lavender flowers, uh, that makes them happy. So when you know your brain type, you're much more likely to be happy. And the question is, am I doing something every day that makes me happy? Um, and I help people look for, I call them the micro moments of happiness. You don't want the big moments of happiness to come around too often because they wear out your pleasure centers. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. And that's why my young stars like Justin and Miley, you know, they struggled with depression and, and substance abuse because fame made them feel flat. That was like it was mm -hmm. too much goodness and too much praise and too many people who love them that it wore out the dopamine centers in their brain. It's something called hedonic adaptation. It's like when good things happen over and over and over and over, well, pretty soon you don't feel them anymore mm -hmm. because it wore out. And so I like the idea of drip dopamine. Don't dump it. And so dripping it is looking for the little micro moments of happiness. I mean, really focusing. So for me, it could be a hummingbird. I have hummingbirds in my garden and I love hummingbirds or butterflies or the smell of gardenia flowers, or uh, I make a brain healthy hot chocolate. The first sip of that every night, it just makes me happy. So I'm focusing on the little things could be holding my wife's hand, looking at her eyes, uh, you know, playing with my grandkids, at least for the first hour. That makes me, <laughs> that makes me happy. Yeah. I love that so much. I think that it also puts into perspective too that it's you know it is such simple things that you can focus on because I think when a lot of people hear the you know someone telling them like I'm gonna get you happier they just focus on everything that's already wrong and like the circumstance and 
where they're at and they forget that they have, you know, choice and that they can course correct. And you do talk a lot on Instagram too, about like automatic negative thoughts and you have, and your hummingbirds reminded me of it. Cause you also have the ant eater <laughs> to stop, you know, I have yeah. animals throughout this whole book. I love it. So like seahorses for your brain, cause that represents the hippocampus and uh, anteaters to not believe every stupid thing you think and butterflies because they signify purpose and spirituality and change and penguins uh, I have a penguin story I tell it's about noticing what you like more than what you don't like so if one is brain and two is brain type three is supplement your brain you need to nourish mm-hmm. your brain because if not you're more likely to be depressed so omega-3 fatty acids and vitamin D and B vitamins. But my favorite of all of them is saffron. We actually make something called happy saffron that is made with Mm -hmm. saffron, zinc, and curcumins to calm down your emotional brain. There are 24 randomized controlled trials showing equal efficacy to antidepressants for people um, who are sad. Um, I'm pretty excited. When the pandemic started, it was terrible for me. I had to close my New York clinic because Manhattan was the epicenter. My mom and dad got sick in the hospital with COVID. A month later, my dad died. And um, that's just when we released Happy Saffron. I think I'm like, I'm going to take this. (laughs) It's just the one thing I don't, won't miss because my mood is just level. Um, So you can supplement your brain. That's three. Am Mm -hmm. I taking my supplements every day? Four is only love food that loves you back. And food is so important. Food can help you elevate your mood or it can trash your mood. And we live in a society um, where, you know, I wrote a book once called The Brain Warrior's Way. Because I'm really Mm -hmm. clear, we're in a war for the health of our brain. And I'm pretty irritated. The government's like, get vaccinated. And I'm vaccinated, so it's not an anti-vax rant. They haven't talked one thing about why the U.S. is 4% of the population, but 15% of the world's deaths. And it's because we're sick as a society. The food industry controls Congress. And I'm not okay with this, that everywhere you go, there is bad food that will kill you early. The science is so clear. Um, And yet, you know, you go to a government party, it's all about bad food. You go to a work party, it's all about bad food. You go to happy hour, it's all about bad food and bad alcohol. And and Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, no, no. You only want to love food that loves you back. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, Lauren, if you've ever been in a bad relationship. But I've been in bad relationships. I can point to two of them. But I'm like, what were you thinking? <laughs> and and now I'm married to my best friend and I'm so much happier. And I'm damn sure not going to do that with food. I am not going to be in a relationship with food that hurts me. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I love Rocky Road ice cream, but it doesn't love me. It increases right. inflammation, uh, brain fog, tiredness, addiction. Uh, no. And I have obesity in my family. Um, 
I have the genes that say I should be obese. I'm not. Why? Because I don't give in to the behaviors making it likely to be so. And I tell my patients, make one decision, not 30. So when you go out to eat and somebody brings bread to the table, just tell them to take it away because bread is not good for your brain. Uh, mm-hmm. Or when I'm at the store and, you know, you go by the frozen food section, and you're like, oh, I could have the ice cream. You make one decision not to buy it. Then you don't have to make 30 decisions when you're at home not to eat it. As you know, mm. it calls your name. But food is so important to happiness. And, you know, we lie and we set children up to use food to medicate their sadness, right? They're, mm-hmm. They get hurt, we give them candy or we give them ice cream or we celebrate with cake. And I, I just, you look at the insanity. We're setting up a lifelong pattern of people to be fat, diabetic, and unhappy um, because the fat on your body increases inflammation, changes your hormones, uh, prematurely ages your brain, stores toxins. This is not a prescription for happiness. And uh, so food is a big part of you happier. It's a big part of everything. I do. Um, I saw on your Instagram, you go through a lot of the, um, <laughs> the food, like food reviews, the food yeah. reviews. And I, there was literally one night, my friends were like out drinking and they called me and they're like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm looking at the ingredients in the Starbucks matcha right now. I like going down a rabbit hole. Uh, I'll send you the Instagram post from the doctor. And then today before the podcast, you um, ruined my drink of choice right now because, of course, I knew it wasn't going to be, like, great for me. I'm not that dumb with marketing and everything, but you definitely gave it a disapproval. It's a Celsius energy drink, and I had one this morning. I was potentially going to have a second one, and after you just, like, totally flipped it on its head, I was watching your Instagram, and I was like, God damn it. I was like, all right, well, those are out. Those are out. At least I listen. Love that. No better, do better. And you just have to read the label because what they'll often say is a health food is an early death food, but that wouldn't make a good marketing claim. A lot of the health bars are just loaded with crap. And I just want you to be informed. And, And there's so many different names for sugar, like organic cane crystals. Oh, well. That sounds good. It even sounds new age. Yeah. And, and I'm like, no, it's just organic poison. <laughs> so right. it's like poison without the pesticides. And it's like, no, no, no. We need to be informed. Uh, and things like red dye, MSG, um, for vulnerable people, they can make them angry. They can make them sad. They can make them have marital problems. But like the food you eat, if you're not eating right, you won't think right. You won't feel right. And then number five, I love number five so much. I mean, I love all of these, but five is master your mind and gain psychological distance from the noise in your head. That's where I teach people about AM. 
thoughts, automatic mm. negative thoughts, and not believing every stupid thing you think. I was 28 years old and in my psychiatric residency, and I'm in a class and someone talked about cognitive distortions. And my brain went, you don't have to believe everything you think. Oh my God, I had no clue. <laughs> Right. I mean, I'm still, I'm I'm still like kind a, of have no clue. <laughs> I'm like, I have no clue that thoughts lie. They lie a lot. And it's our uninvestigated thoughts that ruin our happiness. And so, you know, when I thought I was an idiot, maybe I'm not an idiot, or I thought I was a fool, or um, I thought someone else was cold, or, you know, however I was judging myself or someone else, just learning whenever you feel sad or mad or nervous or out of control, write down what you're thinking. And then just ask yourself, is it true? I had a thought, you know, my wife never listens to me. And if you don't question your thoughts, you believe them, mm -hmm. even if they're lies. And then you act as if they are true. And so I wrote that down. My wife never listens to me. And I went, oh, it's total crap. Because <laughs> I've written and produced 16 national public television specials. She's listened to the scripts multiple times. I mean, you know, maybe at that moment she wasn't listening for whatever was going on with her. But if I believe that thought, I just give myself permission to sort of be an ass to her. So even though it's a lie, I believe it. And then I act badly. And you can see how that could snowball into a more difficult relationship than it needs to be. Well, people have problems in relationships because their ant populations are too high. And if you're married to someone who has a lot of ants, your ants mate with their ants, and then you create these super mutant ants in the relationship, and people end up breaking up. Not because they're not good people, not because they don't care about each other, but because they believed all the nonsense that mm. went on in their head. So in that section of the book, there's a lot of tools. Uh, it's And this is where you train your mind. Mental health is a daily practice. Uh, I start every day with today is going to be a great day. That way my mind finds what I'm looking forward to, like this interview today and meeting you. Um, I end every day with what went well today. I actually put myself to bed. I say a prayer and then I go, what went well today? And I'm always amazed at the cool things that happen that I just didn't pay any attention to because <laughs> I'm busy. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Like yesterday I was on Dr. Phil and it was so much fun. Uh, I just had a wonderful time. But, you know, right after that, I had to go do something else and I didn't really just sit and reflect. And mm. when you do that right before bed, it sets your dreams up to be more positive. And um, how simple is that today is going to yeah. be a great day. What went well today? Nudging my mind to look for what's right. Don't listen to the news because the news is not the news. The news mm -hmm. is meant to make you mad. 
It's meant yeah. to make you sad. It's meant to make you angry and afraid. That's its purpose because you get more eyeballs because brains that are mad and sad and afraid are going to pay attention more because the brain is wired for negativity because many thousands of years ago that protected us. Now it is hurting us. And so um, I don't listen to the news more than like 10 minutes a day. Um, and I actually start my day with an app called the Good News Network. I want to know what's right in this world. And some people go, oh, you have your head in your sand. Absolutely not. You know, I run a big business and, you know, I know there's trouble. But at the same time, there's so many good things that happened during the pandemic from people that did loving things to families that had to, actually had to spend more time together. That's historic yeah. in a good way uh, for people who knew how to manage their minds. Um, and then six is notice what you like more than what you don't like about other people. You can make other people happy. And when you do, you make yourself happy. Mm. And seven is live each day based on clearly defined values, purpose, and goals. Purposeful people live longer. Purposeful people are happier. And in the book, I teach people how to find their purpose. And then the question is, does it fit? Does my behavior fit the goals and the purpose of my life? So, for example, again, with my wife, I want to have a kind, caring, loving, supportive, passionate relationship. I always want that. I don't always feel like that. I get these rude thoughts that come into my head. But if I filter them through, does it fit? I don't say them unless I really need to say it. I mean, I inhibit a lot of the stupidity that just shows up in my brain, right? Jerry Seinfeld once said, the brain is a sneaky organ. We all have weird, crazy, stupid, sexual, violent thoughts that nobody should ever hear. And so <laughs> when, when you filter your actions through your goals, your life is so much better. Like if I want to be healthy and I come up against Rocky Road ice cream, I'm like, no, that's the enemy. Uh, Drew Carey said it best, eating crappy food isn't a reward, it's a punishment. And so if I have my brain right and I see that temptation, I'm like, no, I don't think that's for me. Let me find something I love because I love food that loves me back. Like last night, mm. my wife made this great Lebanese dish uh, with, you know, rather than how my mom would have made it, which would have had way too many calories. She made it with cauliflower rice and organic tomatoes and lamb and green beans. It was great. I loved it. And it loved me back. Yeah. I mean, I think that too, it's so easy for people to say, oh, but it's a, like, I'm treating myself. It's a treat, like have it. And I think that what really resonates with me is when you kind of explain, especially how certain foods like genuinely trigger like stress and anxiety because it spikes and I'm totally not going to say this right. So you'll fix it, but you know, it spikes your blood sugar and then you drop. Can you explain that too? So it's not just because like, obviously people know to quote unquote be healthy, but I think like actually hearing that it 
actually causes anxiety and stress because of the ingredients is something that really at least struck me because I already deal with anxiety and stress so much. All I want to do is get better. So I'm not going to be putting that in my body if it's genuinely causing that spike. So I love that. So what happens if you have a high glycemic meal, um, think bread, pasta, potatoes, rice, sugar, um, your blood sugar goes up, your pancreas sees it, produces a bunch of insulin, and then it drops. And when it drops, you get anxious. So I remember one of the first times I saw Justin, he'd been in trouble a lot. Um, it's in the national news and um, he had worldwide shame. Uh, he had worldwide fame, but he also had worldwide shame. And I caught he had low blood sugar. The blood sugar is normally like between 65 and 90. That's a healthy blood sugar. Well, I caught he had a level of 49. And I'm wow. like, you need to eat four or five times a day and you need to eat healthy stuff with protein and fat. And he was able to afford a chef. And he really focused on his diet and emotionally did much better. So diet mm -hmm. really matters. And a lot of people, they're sensitive to gluten. They're sensitive to dairy or corn. I have this one story. It still blows my mind. Uh, this guy who'd been depressed for 30 years. And he did everything, including three courses of electric shock therapy, like all wow. the medications. And I'm like, the one thing you haven't tried is an elimination diet. I said... Mm -hmm food matters. You know, your brain is 2% of your body's weight, but uses 20 to 30% of the calories you consume. Maybe your body's reacting to something. So for a month, I want you to get rid of gluten, dairy, corn, soy, artificial dyes, and sweeteners. And uh, because he had suffered so much, he's like, okay. And then within two weeks, he's like, Dr. Raymond, this is the best I've felt. Like, I cannot remember feeling this good. And so a month later, we're like, well, let's add back one thing at a time. And we added mm -hmm. back gluten. Nothing happened. We added back dairy. Nothing happened. We added back corn. He said within 20 minutes of eating corn, he had a vision of a gun in his mouth pulling the trigger. And oh he's like, it's the corn. And corn is in 80% of all processed foods. Think of high fructose corn syrup. And so he broke up with corn. He loved popcorn, but popcorn didn't love him back. That he was yeah. in an abusive relationship with popcorn. And so anybody listening to this, if you've been struggling one of the first things to do is do an elimination diet and just see, right? If I was seeing you, Lauren, I would want us to go, we're taking a class in Lauren. We're going to see, you know, sort of how she got together. So I want to know all about your people. And then I want to know every year of your life, what good happened, what stressful thing happened. So I really can understand you. But then we would be charting your anxiety. And go, so what makes it better? And what mm. makes it worse? Where are you at in your cycle with your anxiety when it's worse? What are you eating? How are you mm -hmm. sleeping? What are you thinking? 
And, you know, I mean, I, I couldn't be more proud of Miley, but it was a 10, 10 year journey. Um, <laughs> it was, it was a 10 year journey, but at 29, you know, her goal, she wants to be like her godmother, Dolly Parton, who was a superstar for decades. And is she more likely to make that happen with a good brain or with a bad brain? She's much more likely to make that happen with a good brain. I mean, yeah, that's absolutely incredible. I think that'll definitely stick with people too, just hearing other people's stories. I mean, what's kind of I guess your opinion for people like me who, you know, are so interested in this kind of stuff, whether it's just even brain health and wellness and everything like that, but are, you know, under psychiatric care and on prescription medication. You know, I think it's like, like, to be completely honest, I I think that it's something that I don't want to take for the rest of my life, but I'm terrified to go off of it, you know? So what's kind of like, for people that are considering going on it or considering going off of it, I know obviously you're a doctor, which is why I'm asking you for your opinion, but it, you know, this is listened to by tons of people. So this is just a conversation between us two. talk to your own doctor. I'm sure you have a better disclaimer than that, but you know what I mean? Yeah. I wish I was more of a fan of talk to your doctor because most of them are like, you have this, it's genetic, you have to take it forever. And I just don't believe it. Um, But obviously this isn't medical advice. What I would do if I was you is I'd get Mm -hmm. your brain as healthy as it could be. I would look at your brain. I would implement these seven questions in your life. And then I'd see how you feel. And then I would Mm -hmm. talk to your doctor about you know, now that I'm really doing things that are good for my brain, let's slowly go off one thing at mm-hmm. a time and see if I need it. So right. I, I'm not opposed to medication. I'm just opposed to the indiscriminate use without right. people telling you to get your thoughts right and to get your diet right and to get uh, your supplements, right? I mean, can you imagine? And most of the time people go here, take this and I'll see you back in a month rather than really understand Lauren and help you get your habits, right. That we know have antidepressant effects or anti-anxiety effects. I mean, we we have to do a better job. People, if they pre-order the book, they get all sorts of cool things like yeah, I saw on the website. know your brain type. There's a cookbook my wife did. They, they get access to our 30 day happiness challenge. So if they go to you happier, youhappier.com, um, we would just love if they help us create a happiness revolution. A hundred percent. And then if they're also interested in the kind of supplements and stuff that you make, what is kind of a good place to start there? Because I've spent lots of time on your website and I still can't decide what to start with. And I'm also like, well, I want to get my boyfriend stuff. I want to get myself stuff. So where do you kind of like start in the world of the brain supplements that you create? Well, so I'd find out your brain type and okay. you've got a brainhealthassessment.com. And, you know, I think everybody should take a multiple vitamin. Everybody should take a high quality 
uh, omega-3 fatty acid. Everybody should optimize their vitamin D. So that's sort of the baseline. Mm -hmm. And then it really depends on your type. If you tend to be sensitive, saffron is really good. If you tend to be anxious, GABA can be really helpful. If you tend to be spontaneous, uh, we make something called focus and energy. If you tend to be persistent, we like serotonin mood support. So, but if you go to brainhealthassessment.com, it'll lead you to, oh, here's my type and here are the supplements that are the best for me. Um, I, you know, of our products, I probably take 10 of them a day. I take Neurovite Plus or multiple vitamin, Omega-3 Power, Neuro-C, because I had COVID last week to, you oh. know, really boost my oh, immune you're system. you're so much better. I am, because your best defense against COVID is your immune system. Uh, 100%. So, uh, but we have we have lots of great stuff. I'm going to have to run because I have another appointment, but what a no joy worries, was, to meet thank you. Thank you so, thank you so much. I, sorry, I was kind of all over the place. I've just, you were great. I'm just such a big fan and was just soaking. I wanted to make sure that I got stuff for other people and not just selfishly wanted to talk to you about my own shit. So thank you. You're very well. Such a pleasure. I look forward to seeing you again, I hope. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. I'm obviously Lauren Elizabeth. You can follow on Instagram. You can actually now rate the podcast on Spotify. It would really mean a lot to me if you boosted my mood and your mood by just doing a small act of kindness, leaving a five-star review, leaving a nice podcast review. Make sure to follow on Instagram because I obviously link my mood boosters. I think we might be starting to incorporate some video elements into this. So I think you guys are going to be really excited in 2022. You're going to want to be a part of the Mood Booster Health and Wellness Club. So head on over to Instagram. Instagram. Don't forget, I will be reading Dr. Amon's book that is coming out soon called You Happier. So stay tuned for details on that. You can follow him on Instagram. I absolutely love following him on Instagram. I geek out over everything. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. But obviously, I won't know until you let me know on Instagram. So make sure to do that. And I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.